Dr. Mark Job on the testing of our faith. I hope that your faith is tested and that you wrestle with God. In fact, I expect it to happen. I want it to happen. I want you to have some testing of your faith that you wonder, should I even be thinking these things right now? I want you to go through that. Pressure. Nobody likes it. Everybody has it. But God has a way of allowing pressure into our lives to test our faith. This is Moody Presents, bringing you the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger. The thing about pressure is when we know what to expect, well, that can help us make it through the situation, right? Pressure often results in what James refers to as the testing of our faith. But believe it or not, the testing of your faith creates a mature believer, a mature you. And if you are grappling with pressure at this very moment, well, today's message is just for you. Let's turn now to James chapter 1. Here's our Bible teacher, Pastor Mark Job, with Let the Pressure Prepare You for the Purpose. So my friend told me that he was nervous about the MRI that they had scheduled him to take. And he said, I know I shouldn't be nervous. I mean, they're just going to put me in a tube. But the idea of being in a tube, and he said, I'm kind of claustrophobic. And so when he got there, he asked the technician, now, now tell me, what can I expect? And so the technician told him, well, a lot of people start to feel like they can't breathe. They feel like they're bound in there. They feel nervous. Some people start to hyperventilate when they're in there. And so uh, expect that you're going to get nervous. Expect that feeling of, hey, I'm stuck in this thing, but I want you to know that's normal. And so he said he got in that tube, and they, they put him in there, and he says he's a big guy. This is how he described it. He said, I, I felt like stuffed sausage. <laughs> he said, I'm in this tube, and, and this thing is real close to my face, and he said, I'm just, I'm sorry. I, he said, I'm a, he's a big burly guy. He said, I, I told the technician, could you please talk to me? And so the technician was just talking to him, talking him through it. Then he thought, okay, I'm going to let my mind go somewhere else. This is normal. I'm going to pretend like I'm somewhere else. This is normal. She told me to expect this. And, and he survived his MRI. But he said to me, I'm glad she told me what to expect. Because when I knew what to expect, it helped me make it through it. I read an article this past week. Someone sent me an article from Christianity Today. And the article was entitled, Lose Your Faith at an Evangelical College. And the article went on to describe a two-part study that had been recently done on college students across the nation, and then had also specifically focused on college students at Christian colleges. And what the study went on to conclude is that most college students go through some crisis of faith. They get away from home, get away from their normal surroundings, their uh, regular community, 
they start to think more deeply about their faith and theology and culture and how it intersects, and they start asking questions, well, if there is a God, how can he allow suffering? And does God really exist? Is this a cultural phenomena? And how does my faith integrate with the culture around me? If there is a God, why do I feel so lonely and isolated? And they start wrestling through deeper issues of their faith and their experience. And this article went on to say that Christian colleges are the same or even higher in some of the crisis of faith. I was thinking about that and thought to myself, you know, in the next three years, two years, four years, some of you six, seven, eight years, however much time you have here, I'm absolutely convinced that most of you in this place will go through some crisis of faith. And so just like my friend who's Technician talked to him about what to expect in advance before he went into the MRI. I feel like I want to talk to you a little bit about what I know that you will encounter during this time. In fact, I hope that your faith is tested and that you wrestle with God. In fact, I expect it to happen. I want it to happen. I want you to have some testing of your faith that shakes you to your very core, that you wrestle with God, that you wrestle with your faith, that you struggle with Christianity, that you ask yourself those deep questions, those hard questions, that you wonder, should I even be thinking these things right now? Is this even right to be thinking, I want you to go through that? In fact, I'm praying that your faith will be tested. I'm happy if it is. Because if you haven't gone through a time where you're struggling with not only the intellectual capacity of your faith, the hard issues of surrendering to God, if you don't go through it in a place like this, eventually you will go through it. And I would rather you go through it here than later on. And so, as I was thinking about this article, I today see me as the technician. I'm telling you a little bit what to expect, and and some of you may be even surprised about your crisis of faith, your testing of faith. Uh, Some of you may be shocked that that's what you go through, and I want you to embrace it. I want you to understand that part of it's the growing up of coming to maturity of your faith, wrestling with surrender, and understanding the depths of what you believe, not just as something that's culturally passed down through your parents, but something that you stand on, believe, and are convinced of. And so... My mind went to a passage that maybe we typically don't associate with this kind of trial or crisis, but in James chapter 1, concerning the testing of our faith, and there's a couple reminders I want to give you about the testing of your faith that will happen, I expect to happen, I want to happen. James 
Uh, chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if, you, if any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So let me just remind you as you're going through the testing of your faith of a couple things. One, if you're taking notes, jot this down. You need to hang on to your joy. And the only reason you can hang on to your joy is that you remember that there's a purpose in the pressure. You know, he says a crazy thing to these people whose faith were being tested. And normally when we think of trials and a lot of, we think of uh, sort of persecution from the outside. And that was certainly what some of the folks during the times where this book was being written were facing. But notice it says, the testing of your faith and trials of various kinds. Not every testing comes in the form of persecution. Some of the testing comes in the form of our own struggle with our faith. And it's still the testing of our faith. It's something that stretches our faith, that pushes up against our faith, that puts pressure on our faith, that causes us to figure out, hey, how strong is my faith and will I continue to hold on to it? And so... He reminds us here, consider it pure joy, which is a crazy thing to think about. And some people think that this passage is saying, uh, I want you to really be happy about some trial that comes into your life. Hey, I'm driving my car. My tire blows out. I'm stuck on the expressway. It's raining. It's drenched. No one's stopping. And some people have said, well, you know what you're supposed to do is say, Hallelujah. Yeah, so glad that my tire blew out and I'm drenched in rain. I'm so glad that this is happening to me. That's just weird. <laughs> He's really not telling us that. He's telling us that what we are to be rejoice or have joy over is not the trial itself, but the product of the trial. What is this trial producing? Uh, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And by the way, he, I want you to notice that he says, whenever you face trials, not if you face trials, but whenever you face trials, because it will come. And so what he's telling us to focus on is not to celebrate that your mother was diagnosed with breast cancer or that uh, your you know, your dad lost his job. He's not saying to celebrate those things. He's saying, I want you not to lose your joy knowing that during this time of testing, good will be produced out of it. You know, I, I've been around a lot of uh, mothers who have had babies and expectant mothers. Uh, just this past Sunday, I prayed over a mother who is uh, going to have a baby and I was able to pray for this baby, and she was so excited about the little baby boy that was about to come. But I've never heard one woman pregnant say, oh, I am so pumped up about the labor. 
Like, man, whoa, I just can't wait to, like, the breathing part and the, ah, 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 the you know, the popping of the veins. And, and I just can't wait for the pain and the, the struggle. Man, I'm just looking forward to it, like, so much. Never one woman ever has said that to me. But so many mothers that I talk to say, I can't wait to hold this baby in my arms. I'm so excited, but I'm going to have to make it through the pain. And so that's exactly what James is telling us in this uh, verse. He's saying that there will be pain and there will be pressure and there will be stress that will strongly be imposed on the current faith that you have. Your ability to depend on God, what you have believed over the years, your confidence in the gospel and in the God that you serve, it will be stretched and pushed and punched. There will be seasons in your life where it will, it will be painful to be a follower of Jesus. But James, in essence, is reminding them and encouraging them, listen to this, to let the pressure prepare you for your purpose. What the testing of your faith produces or develops in your life is something that most of us really don't want that much. We don't ask for it. It's not a big thing. It produces the testing, the stretching, the pushing of your faith when your faith comes under pressure and you are struggling under stress and pressure of letting your faith hold you up. It produces something called perseverance. Very few people pray for perseverance in part because they don't understand the power of perseverance. Perseverance is a gateway characteristic. It's the door opener. It's not what ultimately we strive for, most of us. A lot of people pray, I hear them pray, give me more love, more compassion, more power, more mercy, more faith. I want to trust you, more joy. But what they don't understand is that perseverance is the platform character. It's the door opener. It's the gateway. It's the precursor to all these other characteristics that God is seeking to develop in you. In fact, if you do not develop perseverance, then you will be perpetually in immaturity. And can I tell you this? I've been ministering for a long, long, long time. And, and I, know, I know people, yeah, people that have been around Jesus a long time. And they remind me of it. I've been a Christian for 20 years. But I've discovered that longevity doesn't equal maturity. Because what happens when you have faith but don't have perseverance, you keep bailing out of things. We spiritualize our bailing out. People bail out of churches, small groups, schools, relationships, ministries, all kinds of things. They bail out when it gets tough. They bail out when it gets difficult. They continue bail out. And if you continue to bail out, if you continue to quit when things get tough, you never develop this gateway characteristic that opens up the door for your maturity. And so you can live a life of perpetual immaturity continually because you've never developed this one thing that's called perseverance. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, 
But this word I'm told, correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, is hupomone. All the Greek guys are like, yeah. It's okay. The accent's in the wrong place. I would say hupomone. But if you break this word down, really, it's a compilation of two words, hupo, which means under, and mene, which means remain. So perseverance says remain under. Perseverance is the ability to remain under the pressure of the trials and difficulty and challenges when your faith is being tested. It's not a passive perseverance. Sometimes we think of perseverance of, of someone like, I'm just going to wait. Like you're in the doctor's office. I'm a terrible waiter, by the way. But you're in the doctor's office just waiting and waiting. We say that's perseverance. No, this is an act of perseverance. This is a perseverance that's not passive, sitting in a chair waiting for something to happen. This is a perseverance that's underweight and says, I'm remaining under this weight, deliberately remaining under this weight, knowing that I could bail out, but I'm remaining under this weight because there's something that's being developed while I wait under this weight, and I'm not losing my joy because in the process something is happening in my life. Life, and I keep that joy because there's a character that's being developed in me. And then he says in verse 4, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the second thing he tells us is really don't bail out on the process. Have you ever walked away from a conversation and said, they are so immature? What are we saying by immature? We're saying that they should be acting like an adult, but they still have junior high tendencies. And what James is saying is that hupomone must finish or complete its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, because if you bail out halfway through the process, you will not be complete. When my boys were young, I used to cut their hair. I was saving a few bucks. Bought myself a haircutting kit. They're like three or four years old. So it wasn't the best haircut in the world. They didn't know. <laughs> but I tell you, they were anxious, didn't want to sit, antsy. Dad, are you done? And I'm like, okay, I'm not an expert here. It takes me a little while. Dad, you clipped my ear. Oh, you're not bleeding. Get over it. It's okay. <laughs> and there were times, and we tried to give them a cookie. Dad, moving. And I would trying to cut their hair. And sometimes I just tell my wife, I'm done. And she would say, you can't leave him halfway done. Look at his head. He only has half a haircut. I said, if he can't say still, I'm done. And she said, no, you cannot leave him halfway done. And I think sometimes in our spiritual walk and sometimes in our journey, and right now I'm speaking to someone here, that you are in the process of being developed and that God is halfway done with you, but not completely done, and you want to bail out because it's difficult, it's challenging, your faith is being tested, and you are going through a crisis of faith trying to integrate what you believe with what's out there, your calling, what you're what this is all about and can you hold on and if you bail out halfway through the process you only get halfway done and you continue in immaturity and what James is telling us is that you have to allow perseverance to open up the door 
to develop character in your life so that you can experience maturity and you would be complete, not lacking anything. In other words, you'll be much more like Jesus. What you develop now in this setting is what you will carry over into the next setting. Don't think that if you finally get out and decide and you end up in some remote part of the world that a lightning of spirituality is going to hit you. And suddenly, now that you're in Afghanistan, you're going to pray more and read the Bible more, walk in the Spirit, be full of joy. It doesn't work that way. What you develop now, 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 here, at this time, this is the platform that you're building on. By the way, Jesus had 12 that hung out with him for three straight years, living, eating, walking, hanging out. And one of them betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. The other one who was tested denied him. That's three years straight, intense Jesus. Our heart. It goes through a testing, a battle. It's real. It's fierce. And we all go through it. There will be moments in your life where doubt will come in, where you will wonder about your faith and your destiny. It happens to everybody. And some people grow cynical on the other side. And there's all kinds of reasons of why. People that hurt you didn't follow through. The church isn't loving enough, accepting enough. People didn't minister to you. If this is Christianity, look at how hypocritical that person is. I've heard them all. But the bottom line is you take responsibility for your own spiritual life. This is not anybody else's responsibility. You take responsibility for your heart before God. Even in a broken, messed up world, by the way, including the church and its people, broken, messed up, dysfunctional, full of issues, just like you. Don't bail out. God's doing something. And let me close with this, because I love what he says sort of at the end. If anybody of you lacks wisdom, which we will when we're going through a trial, he should ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So learn to ask for help. This is specifically and particularly talking about asking God for help. The testing of your faith can push you away from your faith or into your faith. It really has to do which way are you going to lean. You're going to lean away or you're going to lean in? Because the testing is going to come. But you have to choose, am I going to lean towards my faith or I'm going to lean away from my faith? You alone must experience the pressure, but you shouldn't walk through it alone. And I guess that's what I want to make sure you hear me say today, is that I expect you to go through a time of testing. I expect your faith to be rocked to its core. 
I've lived in the city of Chicago for a long time. I mean, I've been there when some kid just got their head blown off on a street corner in gang violence, and I have a mother come to me weeping, sobbing, rocking back and forth, saying, why, why, why? And I don't know why. And I've had to lean in. Say, this is a crazy, messed up world we live in. But I lean in, even when I don't understand, towards the God that I'm choosing, I'm choosing to trust. So listen, I'm praying for your crisis moment. I want you to battle with God. I want you to struggle over your destiny. I want your faith to be tested, like I used to tell my my one son who was really in high school trying to figure out his faith, I would say, son, kick the tires of Christianity as hard as you want. They're not frail. Kick them hard. Wrestle with your call like I did when I was here, where I wanted to bail out after my first semester. I wanted to leave it partly because God was digging at some difficult things in my heart, going to the hard places, and I didn't want him to. I was afraid what it meant to follow God in full surrender. I was afraid that God was going to get a hold of me in ways that I didn't want him to get a hold of me. I was thinking, I'm going to transfer out, but thank God I didn't because God had much more work to do. He had to break a stubborn, pride, presumptuous young kid that needed to get on his face, on his knees, surrender to God, get a hold of my heart, bring me to the end of myself so I'd finally look up and understand what it means that it's all God and not me at all. It's the grace of God, the power of God, and the Spirit of God. Pastor Mark Joe with Let the Pressure Prepare You for the Purpose. You know, this is the kind of message you'll probably want to hear again. And uh, you might just want to share it with a friend. You know, it's easy to do both at our website, moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. I'm John Geiger, promising that when you come back next time, you'll find even more encouragement for getting through the stress and pressure that you're facing right now. So come back next week for Moody Presents, won't you? A production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.